Welcome to Momming. We're your hosts, Rachel and Stacy, and we believe there's no better way to be encouraged through motherhood than by connecting with other moms. Oftentimes, we can lose our identity in motherhood. The constant exhaustion, piles of dishes and laundry, and the mental gymnastics can leave us feeling like we have nothing left to give, but nothing could be further from the truth. As moms, we've been tasked with not only helping to raise the next generation, but also to find our individual purpose in the everyday. Join us as we hear from moms just like you. Welcome to Momming. Hey moms, we have a quick disclaimer for you today. Today's episode contains highly sensitive topics, and so we recommend listening without your children present. Hope you enjoy the show. So parenting in the digital world is super tough work. It seems like we're always fighting an uphill battle and the hill continues to get steeper and steeper. Access to the internet and everything that exists in it is both a blessing and a curse when it comes to teaching and protecting our children. Today's guest is Sean Clifford, father of four and founder and CEO of the digital parenting company Canopy. Canopy's mission is to help parents teach their children how to interact with technology in a healthy way, and part of this is protecting their children from online pornography. Sean, welcome to Momming. We are so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for having me on, y'all. So as a mother of two boys um, who are both currently using technology in their everyday life, I so much appreciate what you and your company are doing. Can you share with our listeners um, a little bit about yourself and then the motivation behind Canopy? Absolutely. So as as you noted just a moment ago, I'm a father of four. I've got a girl and then three boys uh, to round this out. And a big part of the motivation is we have to figure this out. Tech is shaping us in such powerful and profound ways. I think it's a great thing. Uh, I don't want to live without it, but I think we're the first generation that's trying to figure out how to live well with it and how to raise kids in this tech-saturated world. And if we get that right, all the other things we care about are easier. And if we don't get that right, all of it is harder. Mm. And from my perspective, the we're all scrambling out there. And as you said, it's it's new. And as soon as you actually get your bearings, the, the landscape has changed. Mm-hmm. And so we need to figure out not only ways the source of wisdom for how to navigate this, but also the tools that can help us get us to where we ultimately want to go, which is healthy, happy uh, kids. Mm. Yes, we do want that. (laughs) Yes, we do, without the disgusting parts of technology reaching in and taking our children hostage, because that's kind of what it feels like sometimes. (laughs) It really does, yeah, and that's a a big part of the motivation for us was Look, the reality has just changed. So one of the things that we try and address is preventing exposure to pornography. And it used to be, back when I was growing up, that you had to work hard to find pornography. Mm. It was out there, and you could find it, but it was an effort, and what you could access was limited in terms of its potential impact. I mean, it was real, and I don't mean to minimize Playboy, but it was like 12 (laughs) images. Right. (laughs) Today, you have to work really, really hard to avoid it. Mm. And the stats on this are just astounding. I mean, they're really terrifying as a parent. So the average age of exposure in America is somewhere between 8 and 11, and that's to hardcore pornography. Uh, The majority of kids will see pornography before they enter middle school. Most will see it before they have their first kiss. Mm. And uh, 60% is unintentional. 
Meaning these are kids that are not, they're not even curious. They're like, hey, I heard this word and I'm trying to find it. They're just like doing homework mm. and something pops up. Mm-hmm. So given that, given how just prevalent it is, like we've got to figure out how to kind of safeguard them and give them a chance to be kids. So that's like a, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. I think the second big thing that was a part of the motivation was the nature of pornography has changed. It used to be Playboy. It's now Pornhub. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas it was, you know, just some static images. Now it is graphic. It's instantly accessible. It's infinite. And more than anything, it's addictive. Mm-hmm. And it can shape your imagination as to what intimacy should look like, what a healthy relationship uh, could be, and really warp the potential to have the love that we so want for our kids. So given its accessibility, thanks to all of our tech devices, and given the new nature of it, I really think we as parents, we've got to find a better way. So that was the impetus for getting Canopy up off the ground. Mm. That's so good. Um, so can you share like what the software does, like get a little bit into the more technical side and how it works? Fantastic. Yeah. So Canopy is software that you would download to your child's smartphone, tablet, or computer. Uh, we are leveraging some really amazing tech that was developed in Israel. And we do two things that I think no one else is able to do. Number one, uh, we've trained artificial intelligence to detect nudity and pornography with 99% accuracy. So wow. this is for text, this is images, this is videos. Wow. The second really amazing thing is we're able to do this on the fly, in mm-hmm. milliseconds, as you go. So the combination of these things uh, results in a next-gen internet filter. And I'll kind of I'll walk through a couple of use cases. So one is, let's say you're trying to type in uh, a website that's uh, pornographic, never been scanned before, never been searched, built five minutes ago. Our tech will be able to identify that and block it, uh, even though it's never been tagged before. Wow. Another wow. use case is, uh, regrettably, uh, porn is now everywhere. It used to be that there were you know, black sites and then white sites, and if you just stayed out of that bad neighborhood of the internet, you were fine. <laughs> and today it's like 50 shades of gray. It's everywhere. Right. You can find it on Twitter and Reddit and all sorts of places. So we're able to scan on websites like Twitter, uh, where, you know, let's say in your feed you've got 20 posts, 19 are fine. They're like Bitcoin memes or whatever, and one is pornographic. We'll just strip that one out so oh, you get the good wow. of the internet without the bad. So you can let your kids go out there. Because I don't want to ban my child from huge swaths of the internet where they could be exposed. Right. Uh, and with this tool, you're able to kind of still let them explore and adventure, but just with the confidence that they're going to be okay. So that's kind of the big thing on the internet. And we, we work within the vast majority of browsers, so you don't need to get a new browser. The other big thing that we're excited about is uh, we've taken the same tech and applied it to photos captured by the device. So it's effectively a tool to deter sexting, which uh, sadly, uh, and this is one of the things that blows my mind as a parent, uh, it's just, it's so common. Mm -hmm. So one out of four teens has uh, received a sext, one out of seven has sent one, and a huge percentage, over a majority of American teenage girls, uh, has been asked for a sext by the time they're a junior in high school, which is just crazy. Yeah. So... Um, we we're really excited about our tool just as a means to like, if they take a photo that maybe they shouldn't share, right. our software kicks in and says, Hey, are you sure you meant to take that? Wow. Uh, and we give them a chance to delete it or send it to mom for approval. And hopefully they don't do that. Oh my gosh. That is so 
Like we have, I won't say what we have because I don't want to like knock on other companies, but we have some filtering things, but it's not even close <laughs> to what you're what you're talking about. Like there's, I've already found like several loopholes. So this is just like, I mean, you have to, as a mom, you have to think that way. You have to try to break through your own protective software because your kids are going to definitely do it. I, well, I just feel like it's so different when you have, like you have two boys, I have two girls. Right. None of this has ever even crossed my mind. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I know that it, uh, girls fall into it. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. You, I think well, no matter what you have, you have to be careful. Yeah. Boys or girls. Okay. Can I ask a question? Yes. Just uh, when we're talking about statistics and we say teenagers and, and are we talking about 13 to 19 or are we talking about younger than 13? Sean? Do you know? Uh, I'm sorry, in, in regards to which which stat? Like when we're talking about statistics, like one in four teens have. Yeah, I think that is uh, 13 through 18. Okay, 13, okay. Just, which just is still question. way too young. But <laughs> yeah, it's, no, for uh, sure, for sure. And I mean, like the, the thing to know, a lot of these stats are actually coming, they're, they're all from the last five years. But okay, wow. as you guys can anticipate, COVID was like, yeah. fuel poured on this fire. Mm -hmm. So uh, Google searches for how to send a sex tripled within the first month of COVID. Oh my God. And I mean, like that's, that's not just for teenagers, but like this is right. a broader phenomenon that's going on. And the more that we're locked down, the more that we're on our devices, the more that we're desperately seeking connection, but we can't find it either because of our devices or the lockdowns or whatever, the more people are turning to tech to find that, sometimes in great ways, like I can FaceTime with my parents, right. and I love that, uh, and sometimes in bad ways where, uh, you know, whether it's pornography or the escapism of games or wh whatever it may be. Right. Was it, is it, so like sometimes we're playing games on our phones too. Does this technology engage the gaming as well? Oh yeah, like, okay, so my sons have come across ads before, like in their games. Does, would Canopy catch that? So we filter within a lot of apps. We don't filter in all apps. Okay. I have to go through this, this specific one. Um, I'm excited to say we've, we've got something new that will effectively catch everything. We'll get all apps, which for us is going to be a really big mm -hmm. advance. But the, the primary focus for our first product is you've got to make sure that the internet, the browser, anything that's kind of providing that dedicated portal to the world has to be safeguarded hmm. whether it's you know a, a safari or a chrome or this is one of the big things it's in-app browsers and yeah. uh yep. i should you already gave the disclaimer at the outset yeah yeah uh, but you, you know, can say one what of the ways they, one of the ways that kids oftentimes get around filters is they'll open up google maps and then they'll type in an adult company and in google maps you'll have the ability to click on the website mm. And from the outside, it looks like you're spending a lot of time in Google Maps, <laughs> when in reality, you're like off down, you know, the rabbit hole. So okay. we filter browsers within apps as well, wow. but we do not filter all apps. So I, it's a very important. We always want parents to know exactly where that line is, so that you know they can take the steps. Where we don't filter in an app, we give you a chance to block it. Okay, wow, it's good. That is really good. All right, so let's go to the next question here. Since you're so knowledgeable in this field, what are some practical tips you can give us as we help our kids navigate the digital world? Great question. <laughs> so 
four things that I that I would say to parents, and I say this as a father of four who's stumbling my way through this, and you know, at the very outset, just want to acknowledge that like we're inventing so much of this playbook on the fly, and it's hard. And I mm. I share all this with a sense of humility, but uh, with hopes of helping uh, others avoid tripping where I perhaps have. Here's here's four little tips. The first is you have to protect your kids. And you have to put up guardrails in the digital world where so much of their lives are lived, just like you would in the real world. In the real world, you would never let your kid just wander around with a stack of Playboys under their arm. Mm. It just wouldn't happen. But when you're giving your kid unfettered access to a smartphone, that's effectively what they have the capability to do. Mm. And again, even if they're not seeking it out, it's finding them, right? So even if you've got a great kid that would never do that, it's still something that you got to protect them from. Right. And we just have to realize this is powerful and you've got to take appropriate steps. Second thing that I would say is um, you've got to be honest with them. And so what, what do I mean with that? First, I would start with the why you actually care and explain to them what's out there, why it's out there, why it's alluring, why people are uh, looking at this, and then also the nature of the device itself. As you guys probably know, both apps and the big tech companies have teams of neuroscientists mm-hmm. and psychologists that are trying to figure out how to get your teenager to spend more time on the device. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's not to do what your teenager wants to do, it's to, to do what they want you to do, which is if they get more attention, they sell more ads, mm-hmm. they make more money. Mm-hmm. And Social Dilemma, the movie from Netflix, did a phenomenal job yeah, documenting great, this. Great there was a big expose in the Wall Street Journal on Facebook and how they knew that Instagram was causing problems for mm-hmm. uh, teenage girls in particular, but they just kept you know, pumping it out and, yeah. and letting the machine work. And so be honest with your kids about this. And in particular, Teenagers are, uh, you know, my wife and I joke, uh, programmed to rebel. Uh, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and the, you know, they want to be independent. And yep. so on the technology front, we lean into that. Mm. It's like, hey, guess what? These companies want to manipulate you. They want to force you to do something that you don't want to do. And they've got scientists working on this, and they've figured out how to hack your vulnerabilities and your insecurities to get you to spend more time on it. Wow. So, like, is that what you want? And in framed that way, a lot of kids are like, oh, man, that's right. Like, and they recognize a lot oftentimes devices aren't making them happy. So right. by framing it, we think that's hugely important and can really help. Third tip would be tell your kids it's okay to be different. Mm-hmm. Whether it's technology or other things in life, equip them with that confidence and conviction to just say, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, especially when you know I, I say this. It's like, oh, just, you know, like click that magic button and I know it's hard. Mm. Uh, and so I, I don't expect this one to be an easy, but I think there are things that parents can do. So like, what, what does that actually look like? First, tribe up. If you can find other families to do life with where you make shared decisions around mm-hmm. technology in particular, it will go a long way. Mm-hmm. It's really hard if your kid is the only kid without access to, whether it's a smartphone or a certain app or whatever it may be. Right. But if you can get them people to do life with that also are running uh, in the same direction makes a huge difference. I think a second big thing here is fill the void, right? So if you're going to say, hey, we're not going to do that, uh, make sure that they actually have something that they can then point to that they're doing instead that's even better. Mm. So when they encounter those moments where they feel isolated, that they're missing out, 
Instead, they can say, yeah, I didn't get a new device, but I'm doing this. And parents I know have been everything from, uh, you know, uh, an electric guitar. Mm. That was their trade-off. We got them an electric guitar instead of a phone. And like, it is a cool electric guitar. And instead of like passively consuming nonsense, they're like actively creating something amazing. Right. Um, so whatever that looks like for your kid, it doesn't need to be something you buy, but an experience, the time, the attention, whatever it is. But if you can do that, we think it goes a long way. And then the last tip, the fourth tip, and this one is hard, uh, but it's be an example mm. for your kid with your own devices. And I know so many parents are, I mean, we're addicted to our own devices. And I, again, I say this, I'll be the first to acknowledge my own proclivity to like, you know, look at it every few minutes and right. to like trip down into some of the things. And it is alluring. I quote unquote tested TikTok, right? To see what it was. And like seven hours later, I reemerged. <laughs> and like, so I, I sympathize. Oh, it's funny. like, it is tempting and, and fun. And it all seems innocent enough. But if you can't set the example, it is going to be so hard. Yep. And so for us specific things, like never have a phone at the table ever, just as a rule at a restaurant at home, like don't do it. Um, we try and bound our devices in space and time. So we don't take phones into rooms. And like my kids are young. Yeah, I've got nine, seven, five, two. They don't have their own devices yet. Right. But my wife and I don't take our devices in there. And we tell our kids that so that when they do get them, they'll just know that's a rule. It's not a rule we invented to punish our kids. It's a rule that's good for everyone. Right. Um, we don't use our device an hour before we go to bed mm. so that we can unwind. And we try. And I fail at this, but I try not to look at it for at least an hour after I wake up. <laughs> so if you can be the example, actually teach your kids like, wow, you know, like we control, we decide how tech works for us. I think that's the mentality that we all need. So these are hard. They're not, they're not all simple hacks, but um, they make a difference. And if you do these things well, um, I think it really can help our kids like learn to be healthy tech users. Mm. There's, those are so good. There's that quote that if it was easy, everyone would do it, you know? And yeah. it's like, as parents, I think we have to be willing to put in the hard work on multiple levels. I don't, I, I think that's something that could actually kind of cross platforms here. It's easy to be lazy and like check out because life is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So good. And, uh, the only thing I would say there is, um, I never, like, you should do hard things when they really do make a difference. Right. And I think this is one area where, like, if you care about the formation of your child, about their soul, their heart, their imagination, like, getting this right can have a huge payoff. Mm. So um, we should do hard things, but we should especially do them when it's going to be so formative to who your kid becomes. Right. So good. So good. Yeah. I, I always try to make it a point like when we're homeschooling my phone rings or I get a text message and even at like five and eight they're like mom mom your phone mom your phone oh wow yeah they're already and like, I'm like it's it. okay just leave it over there I'm yeah. not going to answer it we're we're doing something like it, it can wait yeah you know totally linking back to when we were kids and we had landlines with cords yeah there was <laughs> no ignoring <laughs> there was no ignoring the landline like no silence True. button for that but I'm just like, it's okay. It can wait. It's not immediate. <laughs> but it's daddy. Okay, daddy can wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Sean, thank you for all of those amazing tips and the wisdom and uh, bringing this amazing technology into our lives because it's incredible. Um, before we close today, tell us how we can find out more about Canopy, how to download it, where it is. 
Thank you so much. So uh, listeners can check out our website, canopy.us. And when they head there, you'll find out a lot more about the tech, all the different things that we can do, uh, and also how you can create an account. Uh, it takes about 10 minutes to create an account and about 10 minutes to get it on each one of your child's devices. So we tried to make it as user-friendly as possible because we know that this is uh, an area where people can feel overwhelmed, right? So we want this to be easy for you. It's not a silver bullet. doesn't mean that you don't still have to go do the hard work of parenting, but hopefully it's a tool that can help you do those hard things. So again, at canopy.us, and uh, look, we want to walk alongside you guys. This whole company, this whole venture was started to try and be a tech company for families to flourish. And we're so open to feedback. If you guys check it out and have tips or things you'd love to see change, like please, please let us know because uh, we don't think tech's going away we, and uh, we really want to be there uh, as, as, a, as an advocate and someone to help things out. Awesome. Well, Sean, thank you for giving us your time today and your insight. It's so valuable, so encouraging, and we are thankful for people like you who are investing their life into fighting this epidemic and coming alongside families. Um, moms, if you missed it, go back to last week's episode and catch our ministry highlight of Operation Christmas Child. It's amazing. And next week, we're going to have a very special treat for you um, to honor and recognize Veterans Day that you won't want to miss. So listen in. Bye. <laughs>